Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome back into another week of the Steve Jones Show. News Radio 1070 WKOK. You can find us at stevejonesshow.com. Also, do not hesitate to subscribe to our free podcast. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play. Search Steve Jones Show. Hit that subscribe button. And we'll drop the shows right to your smartphone and tablet after we air them live on WKOK. And you always have access to at least three months of previous shows just go to our podcast archive page at stevejonesshow.com steve will check in in a couple of moments from the sunbury motor studio sunbury motors ford lincoln hyundai north fourth street auto plaza sunbury sunbury motors kia on the strip routes 11 and 15 in hummel's wharf and our monday edition of the show brought to you by purdy insurance market street sunbury life happens eventually all right you got to make sure you're insured have what you need to take care of yourself, take care of your family, your business, all different types of products of insurance, and they deal with the brands that are the most reputable, the ones that you know and definitely can trust, the people you want in your corner. So stop by and see them at Purdy Insurance, Market Street, Sunbury, or head online to purdyinsurance.com. You can also head online to stevejonesshow.com website, and you can always drop us a line, all right? Steve Jones at WKOK.com. It's our email address as we're getting closer and closer and closer to the Penn State football season. Nittany Lion fans craving blue and white football 411. So you can always drop us a line and ask any question you want regarding the Nittany Lions, who, by the way, had a night practice last night at Beaver Stadium. We'll get see if uh, we can get some scoopage from Steve out of that as he checks in from the Sunbury Motor Studio in just a few moments. Got quite a bit going on on the show today. Matt Leon, KYW in Philadelphia, will check in, uh, talk Eagles, talk Phillies. Rough, rough time in San Fran for the Fightins. Rough go on the bump last night for Nick Pavetta. Uh, the Fightins have the day off today. They start another home swing at Citizens Bank Park tomorrow. They'll be the first of a three-game set with the Cubs before the Padres are in this weekend. So we'll have... Scott in L.A. back on 1070 a.m. tomorrow night at 6.30 from Citizens Bank Park. So we'll get some Philly sports going with Matt Leon. Also, we'll talk Steelers. Uh, Steelers Friday night with a 30-28 week one win in the preseason over Tampa Bay. But also the uh, heavy news that came out of Steelers training camp yesterday was the tragic passing of wide receivers coach Derek Drake at the age uh, Darren Drake at the age of 62. And uh, Ray Fittipaldo from the uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette will be checking in at 4.06. So we'll get reaction uh, from the team from training camp. And by the way, they canceled practice today, by the way, yesterday and today. 
uh, at Steelers training camp in Latrobe uh, in memory of Coach Drake. Next up for the Steelers will be another home game. That'll be this Saturday night against Patrick Mahomes, if he plays, and the Kansas City Chiefs. That'll be a 7.30 kick. All the Steelers games on 100.9 the Valley. We mentioned the Eagles a little bit ago. They played last Thursday night. They have another Thursday. Actually, all the Eagles preseason games are on Thursdays uh, here in August. Next up, they'll be heading down to Jacksonville to take on Nick Foles and the Jags. And you can hear the Eagles on Eagle 107 with Merrill Reese and Mike Quick. That'll be Thursday night, 6 o'clock pregame and kickoff at 7. So we'll get some Steelers talk, Eagles talk, also Phillies talk. And we'll also head out west. The story of Antonio Brown keeps getting nuttier and crazier just when you thought you heard everything. And the whole helmet thing comes into play. And great friend of the show, Dieter Kurtenbach from the Bay Area News Group, he'll check in also later on the show uh, since he's, uh, out of all the guests we've had on the show, he's the one closest to uh, San Fran and Oakland. He can give us a a view from right in his own backyard as to uh, what is going on with the Raiders and with Antonio Brown. When will he head back to training camp? Keep sneaking in an old Steelers helmet that they repainted. <laughs> but I guess Tom Brady also, uh, he's said he's not really a fan of the uh, the new helmet uh, that uh, now has been mandated by the National Football League. So other NFL news, you've got the Dallas Cowboys. You still have Zeke Elliott holding out, but he has been training in Cabo, I guess his agent has some real estate down that way. So he is working out, just not with the team. But the Cowboys are definitely familiar with this. But actually, I think he said, uh, Zeke Elliott said back in January, I'll be back when I get a new contract extension. Well, the Cowboys have finally approached quarterback Dak Prescott about his contract extension. And there is word out, latest offer is an average annual salary of about $30 million, which lends to a recent proclamation by team exec Stephen Jones and Prescott. The problem is the Cowboys, obvious, because $30 million a year, that's more attractive. Well, it was earlier this offseason before two major events took place. The first one was Russell Wilson getting his huge deal, the four-year, $140 million extension, which included $107 million in guaranteed money. And then not long after that, the Eagles' Carson Wentz getting his contract extension, which was four years, $128 million. So that could put a negotiation window of between 32 million and 35 million. So Prescott says 30 million. No, no thanks. Let's bump that up a little higher. Now, despite all that going on, Prescott's rookie contract maxes at 2.7 million dollars. That is 10 times less than the 27 million dollars that Carson Wentz is set to earn. And, of course, the rookie wage scale gets thrown into play here on all this, too. All about the money. You know that. When they say it's not about the money, you know it's all about the money. So we still have quite a bit of Major League Baseball left 
this season. But Major League Baseball has announced their 2020 schedule. It's going to start March the 26th. It's earliest start other than international games. And the schedule will feature a late April series between the Mets and the Miami Marlins. But before you think, ah, no big deal, they're divisional rivals. They what, play each other 18 times a year. Well, you have April 26th between the Mets and Marlins. They're going to be playing in Puerto Rico. And also you have the Texas Rangers. They have a new stadium called Globe Life Field. They'll open that up next year on March the 31st. And that is the first new Major League ballpark since the Braves opened SunTrust Park a couple of seasons ago. Globe Life Field for the Rangers will be the seventh big league stadium with a retractable roof. The other ones are in Toronto, Arizona, Seattle, Houston, Milwaukee, and Miami. Also released today from Major League Baseball, all 30 teams could play on opening day for the first time since 1968. A full slate was scheduled last year, but two games were postponed. The 2020 regular season is scheduled to end on September the 27th, so that would put the World Series on track to run October the 20th through October the 28th. The Dodgers will host the All-Star Game next year on July 14th. The Chicago Cubs and St. Louis Cardinals, they're going to play two games in London next summer in June. Of course, it was the Yankees and the Red Sox playing two games in London a couple of months ago. The Yankees and White Sox, this was just announced last week, they're going to play August the 13th, 2020. At a ballpark next to the Field of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa. And also announced last week is the 2020 Little League Classic. Next year's matchup will be between the Boston Red Sox and the Baltimore Orioles. That'll be August 23rd, 2020 at Historic Bowman Field in Williamsport. Speaking of Williamsport, the Little League World Series will get going later this week. First batch of games will be on Thursday. The parade will be on Wednesday night. And the Little League Classic at Historic Bowman Field this Sunday night will feature the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Chicago Cubs. This will be the Pirates' second appearance in the Little League Classic at Historic Bowman Field. So a little bit of baseball talk, a little bit of football talk. And we look forward to getting our guests on the show after a bit. Scheduled to have Matt Leon, Dieter Kurtenbach, and also uh, the latest from Steelers training camp with Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. All right, welcome back. Great to have you with us on the show today. We just had a connection problem here. And uh, we've been working it out, but uh, the bottom line is we're here. And great to have you with us. Uh, that's the difference between what John and I have been as opposed to. 
Now we'll see if we can get Steve reconnected here from the Sunbury Motor uh, Studio. Let's see. Sometimes the interweb can be a little squirrely. I can hear you. There you go. I can hear you. I can hear you. Now you sound better. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. All right. There you go. And just between you and me, I did connect an IP2, but that's, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I do what you asked. <laughs> Tried something different. Hopefully that'll work. Uh, uh, nice uh, message from Mike Fralazzo. Oh, boy. Boy, do we really miss him. All right, so, um, yeah. <laughs> can you believe high, high school football? Starts a week from Friday. Next week, man. Next week, week from Friday. I know our first high school football roundtable a week from Thursday. And the uh, now we're gonna have a uh, sad part of the show today. We're gonna do we gonna we're gonna do this in a couple of different parts today. We're gonna have Ray Fittipaldo on. The Steelers are not practicing today after Derek died passed away suddenly. At the age of 62, the wide receiver coach. So we'll talk to Ray about that, the reaction, the fact the Steelers aren't practicing today. And then we'll go to the wacky side of the NFL. Dieter Kurtenbach is going to join us covering the Raiders. And Antonio Brown, the helmet saga. This is the latest from your guy. You in the suit. The suit is a big Antonio Brown guy. Not anymore from this guy. No. This is your guy. No. No. He's your guy. That's like saying Odell Beckham. That's like saying Odell Beckham Jr. is still your guy. Come on now. Come on. My interest in the NFL is not the same as your interest in the NFL. Hey, you and the suit live for for Sundays. I, you know, I'm out there like Saturday's my thing now. I know, it just I mean, seems like the, the love Saturday. The older I'm getting now, the more yeah, I feel I that Saturday is just just much more pageantry and fun and tradition and. Uh, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. By the way, Penn State is. Uh, May have heard, you know, hey, man, Penn State returns to practice today. It's probably every sportscast in the state. They're not practicing today. All right, so, <laughs> just so you know, uh, they uh, went heavy duty yesterday, and uh, uh, Jet, yes, Jack Ham and I were both there for it. Uh, the, one thing that Jack and I will tell you, obviously, we, we, you know, we are not allowed to get into specifics. <laughs> For obvious reasons, that's part of the agreement of being there. All right, so I know that frustrates you as a fan, but take my word, you will get a lot more as the season goes because of, uh, from us only because we've been there and we can give you some really good deep background. The depth of talent, talk about the depth of talent, one through three teams, is better than any time I've seen it here. That includes some of the really good teams I've been around. I mean, in terms of pure, I'm talking about pure athleticism, the athletes, the number of athletes on this team. It's interesting because Dr. Wayne Sebastianelli and I were talking about the 94 team, and the 94 team will be celebrating its 25th anniversary coming up here. And 
I said, what did you think of the athleticism on that team? He said, yeah, with the first group, yeah. He says, but yeah, the deeper you went, no. And that's the difference. The deeper you go with this. Now, what? Now the difference between 94 and now is quite simple. That 94 team came in with a lot of playing time behind it. Kajana Carter, Mike Archie, Kyle Brady, Kerry Collins. I mean, all the way Brian Gelsheiser, Bobby Ingram, they all played. They all played. They all had experience going in. They weren't the young team out there. They were the older team. This will be the young team out there. But the young team that has so much athleticism across the board. Now the question will be, and Dave Revson and I were talking about this Saturday at practice. I, mean, I talked a little bit with Howard Griffith about this, too. And we were, we're all in agreement. Can the game experience level that when the game experience level matches the athleticism you're going to have something that's really spectacular the question is how long will it take for the curve of athleticism to meet the curve of experience when those two lines intersect that's when you're going to have something spectacular here. The question will be is how long will it take to get there? And we can only find that out, only find that out by playing games. But in terms of the pure athlete on this team, this team's loaded with pure athletes. They're loaded with some really good football players, but they also have more than their fair share of inexperienced football players. So now we have to see when will those two lines meet. The athleticism and the experience level. When it does, it could be wild time. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Things will change over the next six years, but not the interest rate on your new Kia. In 2025, you'll still be at 0%. Your interest rate will stay at 0% for more than six years, 75 months. Come into Sunbury Motors Kia now for 0% financing for up to 75 months on select 2019 Kia Optimas, Sportages, Cadenzas, Sedonas, and the 2019 Kia Serrano. Great for getting you through the central PA terrain. See for yourself why Kia offers America's best value with an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hurry into Sunbury Motors Kia now to get 0% financing for up to 75 months. These rates won't last past the end of the month, so get in today. Value is back at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip at Hummel's Wharf. Offers available to qualified buyers through KMF financing in lieu of rebates. Expires at 31-19. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And we hope in a moment or two to reconnect with Steve in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street, Auto Plaza, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, on the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty insurance. You know what? I, I feel like today you need great insurance and a great agency more than ever just to navigate through everything, and that way you are completely covered. 
auto, home, life, business, whatever it may be, Purdy Insurance, they are the pros, pros at insurance. And not only that, just good people. They're good people. Well, that means a lot. All right, so now that uh, Sean has changed and has become a Philadelphia Eagles fan. What? No. <laughs> I've never had a hatred for the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to make that perfectly clear to everybody. I've never hated the Eagles. And they really, most and most Eagle fans speak very highly of you. I don't know about that, but. Uh, <laughs> Except for all. Then well, there's well, the Matt, other well, guy well, in the. Well, Matty Ice. Then there's the so. other guy in the company. <laughs> <laughs> Matty Ice likes everybody. Yes. Did you hear the great news about Matty Ice? Yeah. Did, I mean, he and his wife are having a baby. Yes. How about that? At, huh? at or I was I, at or close to either your birthday or my birthday. So we'll see. I know. Uh, how about it? I know. Could either be January fourth. So, could be January seventh. Give or take a day. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled, and uh, and my hope is no matter what that the the baby looks like the mom. All right, so, um, <laughs> so <laughs> he's got a face for radio, just what? like me. No, no, I'm with you. I mean, what? I'm just, I'm, I, look, I'm trying to give the child the best shot. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm trying to do. I want the child to have the best shot in life. All right. The Eagles did open up their preseason. Nate Sudfeld, the backup quarterback, is the one that got, was supposed to get the majority of the work, and did. But at the same time, he got hurt during the course of the game. And with that, we go to Philadelphia and Matt Leon. Matt, my friend, great to have you with us again. Good to be with you. All right, how's our guy Nate Sudfeld doing today? Uh, sounds like they, I don't want to say God lucky, but it sounds like uh, he could be back in six weeks, and that's about the best case scenario uh, when he first suffered the injury. So you're probably talking missing the first uh, few games. So uh, what could have been a lot worse, I think, uh, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, so what are the options there now, and are there any potential outside options? Uh, it really sounds like they're going to stay in-house. Um, I think you're asking a lot if you're going to bring somebody in from the outside at this point in the game, especially since it sounds like it's only going to be, you know, two, three, at worst, four regular season games. So I would expect Cody Kessler, uh, who the Eagles acquired in the offseason, to uh, probably grab that number two spot. Uh, Clayton Thorson, the rookie, uh, really struggled last week. Sounds like he bounced back at practice today, but... Uh, uh, obviously, you're asking a lot for a lower-round draft pick to, to try sure. to pick this up. So uh, I would expect Cody Kessler. And, you know, this is a situation where you, you hope this is a non-issue because you hope Carson Wentz is taking every sure. snap in every game. Absolutely. Uh, it, have they indicated any kind of uh, player rotation game plan for Game 2 of the preseason? No, not yet. Um, I would think at some point soon here you want to get Wentz out there and I would want to get him out there sooner rather than later, even if it's just for a series to kind of uh, just kind of get back out on the saddle. Um, but uh, no, not yet. One more day of practice this week tomorrow. They didn't really give a lot of insight leading into the first preseason game, so I really don't expect uh, much insight into the rotations here for game two. Although I think if, if Wentz is going to play, they would probably say something, but it, 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 not necessarily. What would you take away from game one? 
uh, that preseason football is incredibly overrated. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought Nate Sudfeld did some nice things. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're looking in the big picture of him being the number two here long term, uh, I, I think you see a lot of what the Eagles like in him. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that there was anybody that really turned your head that you didn't anticipate uh, turning your head. Uh, once uh, they did get beyond Sudfeld, the offense really struggled. Uh, I, you know, I think for the most part, you know, Sudfeld's injury notwithstanding, you don't have any catastrophic injuries in preseason games like that. I, I think you're, that's basically the biggest thing you're looking for. All right, so now moving forward in the overrated preseason, what, 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 at least what do you think they need to do over the next couple of weeks? So that way, they, um, that way in the gate opens that you feel like, okay, they're as ready as they can be. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to see, you know, Wentz get a few consistent series uh, with the number ones. Uh, the timing he's had with Deshaun Jackson in practice has really been impressive. I feel like there's not a day where he doesn't throw a deep touchdown pass. Um, <laughs> you'd like to see a little bit of that in the game. Uh, you know, you like to see the running back position. There's talent there. Obviously, the rookie Miles Sanders that uh, your listeners know well. And, uh, you know, Jordan Howard, who they don't – people don't talk about a lot, yeah. uh, who they acquired, but I, I think could be a, a key contributor. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how the backfield uh, shakes out. I think a month ago a lot of people expected Howard to kind of be the main guy and yeah. Sanders to – kind of plug in and, you know, maybe be, I don't know, change of pace is right, but, uh, you know, have a certain role, it really kind of feel like that it's starting to move towards you're going to see more and more of Miles Sanders uh, in a lead situation and maybe a timeshare there, and you've still got a guy like Darren Sproles and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, I think I look at the running back position, I don't consider it a question because there's a lot of talent there, but I'm very interested to see how it breaks down. Yeah, I think a lot of people are too because – as to how it would play out. Jordan Howard's interesting. I mean, he went to UAB, right? so nobody knew who he was. <laughs> so then he went to Indiana. No offense, but nobody still knew who he was. Then he goes to the Bears. You're like, hey, he's not that bad. This guy's a good, solid, professional running. He's not a star, but he's a good, solid, professional running back. Yeah, and, you know, his first two years were really good, but yeah. the Bears weren't any good. So he kind of did it in an, oh, by the way, and yeah, that's nice, but they're 5-11 and 11 or whatever. Right. And then last year, as they you know obviously made the playoffs and all, his time kind of faded out. Right. Uh, but obviously the Bears had a new coach, uh, we'll, so we'll see where he is. But this is not a guy that's on the downside. I think that's the thing you kind of look at. You know, He's not a guy that you know is in year nine and you're kind of waiting for the production to fall off a cliff. There's no reason to think he can't be a very productive back. And Doug Peterson's very good at putting players in positions they can succeed. It sounds simple, but a lot of coaches don't do it. So I think especially with another talent like Sanders where they can really kind of manipulate the defense and put guys in situations where they're running downhill, I think Jordan Howard uh, could, could really be a nice find for the Eagles. All right, let's go to the Phillies now for a moment. Last night they went to the bullpen, and when they went to the bullpen late, it cost them. How much of a problem has that been? I mean, I know they've struggled with starters, but what's their bullpen really been like? Well, the bullpen, the biggest problem with the bullpen is that the bullpen that you and I would have sat down and talked about in March isn't in place. That's right. David Robertson pitched like seven innings. Right. You know, there was a great number, or I shouldn't say great, but a kind of illuminated. You know, they kind of hoped for big things in Tommy Hunter once he got healthy. This year, Tommy Hunter, I think, 
if it was something like he's thrown 75 pitches in games, Roman Quinn, the outfielder, has thrown 64. Right. Like, just to kind of give you insight of how little they got out of him. Adam Morgan hasn't been quite the same. At one point, I'm sure I mentioned this to you before, at one point about a month and a half ago, they had seven relievers on the injured list. Right. Like, an entire bullpen on the injured list. So, you know, they had high hopes for Sir Anthony Dominguez, who turned so many heads last year, even before he got hurt this season. He was not quite the same. Uh, so, one of the, you know, you watch a lot of these bullpen games and you know, earlier in the year, they would give up leads, and it'd be a kid like J.D. Hammer or Edgar Garcia, and it's frustrating in the moment, but you also kind of have to remember, yeah, you know what, this kid should be a triple-A, maybe even double-A. So it's hard to get that upset that he can't hold an eighth-inning lead in the big leagues because if you were to rate, you know, if you were to put a depth chart of the Phillies reliever, some of these kids would be 19th and 20th, but because of injuries and stuff like that, you know, and people were very excited about Nick Pavetta and the possibility of the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, Nick Pavetta, I think the jury's in on him. I think this is great arm, inconsistent. No, I don't think there's any reason to believe he is ever going to put it together where he can be a consistent performer. He can be a major league pitcher, but he's never going to be a guy I think you can lean on. Uh, you know, and he was just, you could argue why he was in the game at that point because Gabe Kapler, uh, in my opinion, significantly overmanaged and put Pavetta in a situation uh, where he got hit around and it got ugly in a hurry. Uh, But I I don't necessarily think they needed to take out Jose Alvarez, who's been one of their most consistent uh, relievers all season long. So now you look at the bullpen, and it's chock full of guys that are failed starting pitchers trying to transition to be in the bullpen. Uh, It's not a pretty picture, but you know what? We can talk all we want about the pitching and the injuries and all. The problem is this team doesn't hit like it's supposed to. No, I know. So, so many of their problems with the bullpen stem back to situations where they don't hit like they're supposed to. So maybe they have a 3-1 lead in the eighth inning, and yes, you want to hold that, and that's great. But they've left the bases loaded twice in the last three innings. So what's 3-1 to should really be 8-1. to It should be a laugher where you can let a kid make some mistakes. But that's been the, the situation. They left 15 runners on base last night. They had double-figure hits and double-figure walks. I know. Left 15 guys on base and managed to score just six runs. Like, you know, I know they lost Andrew McCutcheon and that hurt, but you've got enough guys in that lineup where this just shouldn't happen, and it happens all the time. They either have a game like that or they have a game like Saturday where a journeyman like Jeff Samarja absolutely dazzles them with mediocre stuff. And I just – I don't understand it. I don't understand why players don't get better. I don't understand why veterans come to this team and underperform, and then they go somewhere else, example given Carlos Santana, and they return to the level that they were at before. I just, you know, so are we talking coaching? Are we talking scouting? I don't know, but there is something here because we could go by just about every player that's been on this roster this year for the Phillies, and it's close to 50 guys. In my opinion, one guy has gotten better from last year, and that's Scott Kingery. That's it. Yeah. Everybody else has either flatlined or regressed. That's alarming in the big picture. Besides falling out of the wild card race, fourth and east, whatever, big picture, that's very alarming to me, and I don't have an answer for it. No, no. I mean, nobody does. And Santana hit the big grand slam against the Twins the other night for Cleveland. Amazing. Yeah, you know, he hit like, I don't know what it was. It was like he was in the two teams last year. And he was very easy to get out. And 
I mean, maybe he's having a career year, so you can't base this, but he's much better. He was much better before he came to Philadelphia, and he's much better after he left Philadelphia. You tell me. Like, and if it was just one guy, you'd say that happens. But it, you know, you look around. You know, you look at a guy like J.P. Crawford. Is he a star in Seattle? No, no. but has he improved significantly yeah. over what he was in Philadelphia? Yes. Yeah. Jorge Alfaro. I know he's faded yeah. as the season's going on, but took a step forward that he never took here. And there's just a lot of situations like that. You know, and you can go back to, you know, Velasquez, Pavetta, Eichoff, Eflin. You know, all these pitchers, I don't think it was crazy to think that, well, one of them will take a step forward. None of them did. They all took a step backward. I don't, I can't explain it. But that's, that's where your major problem is here, that the, there's no improvement, there's no progression. And in a lot of cases, we've got regression and, and things getting worse as the year goes on. Yeah, it's a, it, that, that's amazing. Yeah, you mentioned Jeff Smarja. He caught two touchdown passes against Penn State in 2006 at Notre Dame. So it's really, no, I mean, thanks for bringing up great memories. All right. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he's another. He's just a guy. I mean, he's I just know. a guy. He's a guy that rounds out a rotation, and he's pitched two times against the Phillies in the last ten days. Yeah. And I think in those two games he's given up like one run on five hits in 14 innings or something. That's, that's unacceptable. Yeah, it is. Absolutely unacceptable. Hey, tell us about the next one-on-one with Matt Lee on uh, your podcast coming up. Uh, Dan Pavlik, your guy. Yes. Uh, my partner on the Penn Basketball Network, uh, yep. big five Hall of Famer, Stan uh, played for the Quakers in the 60s. Didn't play in the NBA, played in the old Eastern League, which was really good basketball in the it 70s. Was. Uh, sure was. Great, great, great name drops, and he uh, coached in high school, and he also coached the team in Saudi Arabia, and uh, <laughs> we talk about all that. It's interesting. Stan's a great storyteller, so you can check out one-on-one with Matt Leon wherever you get your podcast. That's awesome. Hey, Matt, look forward to that. Look forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you very much, sir. Take care. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served the Valley for decades. Auto home life business, whatever your insurance needs may be, they'll find you exactly the right insurance, the best price. And you're dealing with really good people. You really know their business, but they're good people. That's Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15. Ian Hummel's Wharf. Ray Fittipaldo, next half hour. The tragedy in Steelers camp of losing their wide receiver coach. They are not practicing today. And they're not sure when they're coming back. Maybe they're back tomorrow. We'll see. Ray may be able to tell us. And Dieter Kurtenbach on the Antonio Brown Circus at Raiders camp in the final half hour. I mean, that's your guy. That's your guy. Used to be. Used to be. I just hope that they can dive into this content on hard knocks. But you got to think, 
with uh, the windows sealed and the doors oh. closed and the cameras not running, you got to think. Uh, you got to think. Al's son is like, no, we we can't leak all this information out, <laughs> even though that's what the uh, suits yeah, at HBO I, would love to but see. But he's not there. No. But he's not there. So since he's not there, what's going to leak out? How they feel about it? Well, it's a big issue. It's a big issue. You really can't sweep it under the carpet, but they got to move on and prepare. Like you know, when he's not there, they you know they can't just wait for him. Well, Derek Carr, I think, needs to develop at least some sense of timing with him to know what he's got. Uh, and Derek Carr already has uh, obviously an issue with the number of times he's been sacked. Because guess what? They can make you gun shy. I mean, Carr's coming off a season where he had his highest completion rate, and he's coming off a season where he had his highest, um, not just completion rate, but also had his highest yards per attempt. I mean, that's what, you know, so he's got something to work with. The question is whether they get Brown there. But on hard knocks, what the heck are they going to tell you on hard knocks? Um, Because... These guys do not want to see. I mean, yeah, have you seen how John Gruden's handled the press conferences? Oh, we completely support him, blah, blah, blah. They're looking around at each other like, he, you know darn well they're looking around saying, what kind, of, what kind of nut is this guy? You know darn well that's what they're thinking. We you think know, there we, was a, but we, they public, we, they public, they can't do it. We think the world of Mike Mayock. We, we've, we've, you know, with the fantastic work that he did over the years at NFL Network. But one of the first things he said when they brought in Antonio Brown, up, oh, he'll fall in line. Everything will work out just fine. But what else is he going to say? But they, he had, he has to say it. Gruden has to say it. I mean, for all we know, they had nothing to do with the decision. I mean, that's the other part. You don't know how much of this was Mark Davis and how much of this was Gruden and how much of this was Mike Mayock. Look, it, I mean, is when he plays, especially in the meaningless games of the year, I mean, nobody plays better than Antonio Brown does. Oh, Love that AFC Championship game against uh, New England. Oh. Um, but to be honest with you, I mean, he's he's obviously a great receiver, but he's a pain in the neck. And every single time I hear somebody say that they'll, you know, don't worry, he'll fit in with our culture. Well, who do you think you are? That's what. Let's take the Patriots because Randy Moss fit in well with the Patriots, which he did. All right, that's one guy. Look at all the guys over the years the Patriots have cut. I mean, look at the look at the Raiders. They brought in Antonio Brown, Vontez Burfick, and Richie Incognito. Really. Antonio Brown, Vontez Perfect, and Richie Incognito. Hashtag power that's trio. That's the culture you're building? <laughs> hey, but that's the culture you're building? Well, that's at Just Winby. Those are the culture. cornerstones? Just Winby. I mean, it's enough, it's enough to have your culture try to influence one of them, let alone three of them. Ray Fittipaldo next half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Purdy Insurance. 
You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. 